0: Oh, oh, oh. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 100 of the Scallion Pancake podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman, CPA, CFP, CGMA.
1: Did you just have a fucking stroke? What was that?
0: And that's my wife, Yvonne. <laughs> she's back on the pod. She's been on a hiatus. Your
1: lovely bride. Well,
0: I guess <laughs> you will have heard mouth. sweet soul last week. So she's back. Uh, we're recording this first. This is a very special episode. Episode 100. I never thought we'd get here.
1: I'd like to thank Frankie the Pug,
0: uh huh,
1: my mom, which is that's a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so we're doing a very special episode today. I no guests. We're just at, and we're not talking. Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about any specific restaurant. We are interviewing each other
1: because you know who's more interesting than us.
0: I don't know anyone really.
1: You guys tune in for
0: us. I mean, let's be real.
1: Yeah. I'll you tune in for
0: our marital banter.
1: I want to for... interview Jason Ackerman, CPA. Yeah. And all those other letters you said. Yeah, thank you. That's what the people want to know.
0: Well, let's get right into it.
1: Oh, well, I have 10 questions on a Google Doc. I don't know what you have. <laughs> you don't look, uh, I don't see any paperwork No, you know why? Because it's in
0: my head in a doodle Doc.
1: Okay, well, how do you want to do it? You want to go back and forth?
0: I'll start. What's the best restaurant you ate at before we met? <laughs>
1: I didn't do anything before I met you. Are you (laughs) kidding? I was just born that day. I know. Um, That's how it feels. But actually, um, plot twist. So when I was married before, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my favorite things to say um, because it makes me sound like, you know, some 50-year-old divorcee from a TV show. Uh Like I'm like in short shorts and I'm like, why don't you boys come over and mow my lawn? You know, like my husband's not home. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Yes or no?
0: Am um, I going to have to edit out this whole podcast? I'm just saying,
1: divorcee has such like a, a sexy ring to it. So I love just dropping the bomb
0: okay. that I was one. Everyone knows you're married twice.
1: Anyway, so my old husband, yeah. who I killed, he, um, <laughs> he, was in, he went to culinary school. He dropped out. He didn't finish. Yeah. And that was a theme. (laughs) (laughs) Real winner. (laughs) Um, But he actually got me into food and taught me how to cook. Everyone likes to always say, like, I bet you can't cook because you always eat out. Well, false. I can cook. But if someone's going to take you out every night, who wants to cook? Not me. So he taught me how to cook. He got me into food. And I went to my first Michelin-starred restaurant with him. So thank you very much. What was it? It was called Les Spalier.
0: <laughs> thank you. That's all I wanted. In- <laughs> Honestly, I wanted a two-word answer, which was the name Le of the Spallier, restaurant. which is thank in you.
1: Back Bay in Boston,
0: uh-huh. which
1: is where I went to school for my freshman year of college. And it was very good, although I think they have one star, and I don't know if they've maintained it. But it was, for sure, a more traditional experience, more along the lines of like not like 11 Madison park level. But like, as far as like, you know, it was proteins and um,
0: protein forward.
1: Yeah. Like it was just, it was a little bit more basic, but it was very white tablecloth fancy. Um, and that was the best restaurant i had been to before I met my bay monkey. And I've just been eating good ever since.
0: (laughs) That's really nice.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So do I ask you the same question or
0: you asked whatever you want? Do you want me just to do one of my questions? There's no rules. We, we we make up the rules. We're a podcast. If
1: I feel inspired to ask you, one of your questions that's what I'll do and you could do the same yeah if you feel like the question's good enough okay so I'm gonna go ahead and ask you the same question
0: what was the best restaurant I had it wasn't as
1: fun because you weren't with me yeah it was the best one despite that Oh man
0: um I think I'd have to go with I went to 11 Madison Park with my ex-girlfriend Mimi. before. Oh, we're not doing <laughs> yeah. names. We can. I mean, I doubt she's a listener. I think we've
1: mentioned her before actually. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And I have to say we went back last year. I have to say my experience the first time was a lot better, but that was definitely, that was the first three Michelin star restaurant I've ever been to. And it was, it was better back then.
1: It was really interesting because you were like, we had this, you know, the first time and this is different. Um, but I ended up being disappointed because like you said, it was, yeah. Said it was well, the better. first time they
0: served a whole, like their most famous dish is their duck, they served a whole duck to both of us. And this last time they served us like one piece each,
1: which I could not have eaten a whole duck though. There,
0: there was, did they
1: carve it or how? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, they carved it right in front of yeah. you. So they
0: brought out the whole duck and carved it and there was probably like six pieces. So we each got three. But it was like...
1: You mean, you so you, you each got your own
0: duck, so you no. shared a duck. Yeah, we shared a duck. That's a cooler duck.
1: presentation. Though, Way cooler. Sure. But they had the black and white cookie. Yeah. Right?
0: Some stuff, like the pretzel at the end and the black and white cookie to start were the same. But you
1: said they had a sheet of paper where you got to like choose your own adventure for the Yeah, menu? they had
0: a couple different... It was a little bit more interactive, a little bit more playful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And even that duck...
0: I know it's one of your favorites. You need to honestly watch it. I'm going to have to edit that out. Shit. (laughs) That (laughs) duck is good.
1: I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite. All right. You ready for a question? Yeah, I'm
0: ready for a question.
1: How ready are you?
0: I don't know. (laughs) We'll see.
1: All right. So, Jason Ackerman. Yes. This is your life. Uh Uh-huh. What's your first food
0: memory? Um, first food memories in general are going to my grandma's. So we would go there. We would go there a lot because my grandma's was kind of, and she's still alive, 97 years old. We talked about her on the pod a lot, but she and my grandfather was living then and we would go over there and like, it was kind of the family where all the family would come. So even not just the Jewish holidays or someone's birthday, but just like every Sunday people would be over there if they're friends from out of town. And she'd always be making. There was a couple of things that she always made. She always made chicken soup, which was delicious. She always made um, kudel, delicious. And then she would always make she she would always make some type of meringue pie. Uh, but my favorite was a chocolate meringue pie.
1: It's the still best. is. And she taught me how to make it, and I wrote it down. I don't think I could ever do it as and well as she does And a it, slight
0: but... side note about Grandma last night. we went. My, oh, yeah. my dad turned 68, so we went to Napa at Kingsley, and uh, they served her trout roe.
1: And that's why she wanted the dish. It was salmon with trout roe on top and some vegetables, but she was like, I haven't had trout roe since my mother was alive. And which... her mother
0: died 70 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, <laughs> like oh, <no> wow. Joke. <laughs> it's been a while. So they brought it out, and it was on the dish, and she's like, that's not trout roe. And I was like, "Grandma, that's trout row." She's like, "No, it's not." And so they brought her like a little dish of just trout row, and she's like, "It's salty." And she's like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's not as good as I remember back in Alabama in 1928.
1: <laughs> Everyone always associates Alabama with their trout row. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not just Grandma.
0: It was a different time back then. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure the trout row. I I tried it, and it wasn't the best trout row I've ever had. But I wouldn't really. I wasn't really expecting. You know high-class sushi in yeah. Fort Mill.
0: Wow. You live there now, so don't, don't say <laughs> bad worse,
1: things. Even worse, we live in Rock Hill.
0: <laughs> Rock Fort, Fort Mill's
1: high-class compared to Rock Hill. Yeah. Rock Hill's down and dirty.
0: You rat. Um, okay. What? I'm not going to ask that question, because so that question was lame as shit.
1: Are you serious?
0: <laughs> I don't care about it. Uh, I asked you my one question before we met, and honestly, that's all we need to know.
1: <laughs> well, you didn't even say like the specific food.
0: Yes, I you said did. A couple,
1: but like, it's not really. That's not your first food memory. <sighs> All right. Let fine. me answer Either the question how I want to answer I thought it. That was a good question.
0: Um, we'll let the we'll let the judges decide. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite restaurant we've been to that is not like Michelin starred high end?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question.
0: Thank you. Yeah. That's why I am. <sighs> I'm the Anderson Cooper of our times.
1: We go to so many good restaurants.
0: (laughs) What a problem. (laughs) Yeah, wow. First world problems. I'm sorry you met me and I take you to all these fancy places.
1: Man. Okay. So you want a real down and dirty guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) A real down and dirty guy.
1: (laughs) All right. Man. It's it's so hard. (laughs) Um,
0: I thought this was going to be an exciting episode, <laughs> but to be honest with you, <laughs> most people probably tuned out.
1: It's so hard. All right. I am going to say it was not Franklin's. Uh huh. But the other one. What was the one where we drove farther out in Austin?
0: Oh, that was like in the middle of nowhere. I don't remember what it was called. We were mm-hmm. in Lockhart, Texas.
1: Yeah. That was my my favorite down and dirty cuz we had we got to watch them smoke the barbecue.
0: So explain explain to the people what you're talking about.
1: Well, so I can look up the name. <laughs> but it's this barbecue place where you have to go back and you have to wait by the smoker. And it was so hot. So we
0: we drove an hour outside of Austin. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. We literally, I felt like we were going to get shot at any moment. It was was, very
1: country. It was one
0: of those places where if a crime happened to you, like they would just bury you in the woods and no one would ever know about it. And uh, you go, it's like, that's how Texas barbecue started. Like these small places, they they would always start in the morning because it was basically they would work all night to make the barbecue and be ready in the morning. And you would go in the back and then you would just order your barbecue. And it was it was I don't know, 80 degrees outside. You walked in the back, it was like 95 in the pit. We were lucky because
1: it was actually a little overcast and breezy compared to how it had yeah. been. Um, and this was in December. And you're in so like a meat you're <laughs> it like could in have been way worse. You're
0: getting the meat sweats back there. It was called
1: Smitty's Market. Yes. That's what it was called. Smitty's and it was really like not fancy. No. Um you know like plastic silverware. Um, super country and they had saltines and pickles. Oh, you love that. With the barbecue, which, you know, saltines are my favorite food. Um, and I actually liked the barbecue there better than Franklin's. I really liked Franklin's, but I, I enjoyed this more. I know that you enjoyed Franklin's more. See,
0: I thought you were going to say that place that we went in Machu Picchu where you got the tomato soup.
1: (laughs) That was a great food memory. Yeah. Yeah, we had the best roles there. I'd go back there any night of the week. <laughs> but also, you don't, you know, you get really hungry hiking Machu Picchu. <laughs> yeah. I would have eaten anything. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot. I was trying to think because our first trip together was in Chicago. Uh-huh. And I always tell this story. But before we left, like, it was, so, you know, it's the beginning of our relationship. And, you know, I hadn't been anywhere on a trip in years. And so Jason asked me to go to Chicago. And I was so nervous and excited. And he was like, you know, if this doesn't go well... We're going to have to break up because this is important to me that we travel well together, and I just hope that you're chill. And so I pretended to be so chill the whole show. Newsflash, not chill. (laughs) But I am very chill when we travel. Not at the airport. Not
0: at the airport.
1: But – like, as far as when we're on... I've never
0: seen a woman cry as much in an airport as you've cried.
1: <laughs> Just that one time at the London God, Heathrow and, Airport.
0: Uh, my favorite thing... Just
1: know that they're very <laughs> serious about their liquid restrictions <laughs> at the London Heathrow Airport.
0: My um, One of my favorite things at an airport with you is you have to be... <laughs> the first in line
1: it's so embarrassing i don't and, want to be like. and that it person. doesn't
0: make any sense because we're priority like i'm we're not like high priority but i travel enough where we're like gold we're zone 4 we're gold. yeah we're zone four which means we're always gonna not get something we're always gonna get something on the
1: but one of the, the first overhead. times we went together they asked me to we were like we boarded late and they asked me to check my bag and which is so for before I traveled with you I used to check my bag and the last 3 times before I met you they lost my bag and I had to spend a whole trip without my luggage. Yeah, but that was like
0: 10 years before we
1: I know. Met. But still. It's different now. I don't know. I don't trust them with it's my different. bag. When they're like let me just put it right under like you can check it at the gate. No. Yeah, no, it's not an option. So
0: we have to be the first to I know, I line. do that
1: thing like where you start to inch closer and closer <laughs> to the entrance. And She's then, the
0: problem. And then there's that She's guy the behind
1: you like, I don't know why everyone's in such a hurry. We're all going to the same place and I turn around and I punch him right in the face. <laughs>
0: right in the balls.
1: <laughs> right in the balls. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I get, it's not like I want to be on the plane sooner. I just want my bag to be in the overhead space. Yeah. And then when I'm not with you, Jason, I'm not priority.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I'm not there then, so it's fine. Let me tell fine. you
1: a travel hack, okay? So... You start sucking
0: no. – <laughs> I was just seeing how you, you you pretend like you're married to some other guy who's priority and get up front. That's what I would say.
1: Oh, that's smart. Yeah, you stand really close to this rich-looking couple and say that you're their adopted adult daughter. Yeah. Um, no, so you can actually – on American, you cannot go outside of your zone, okay? So if you say you're zone 6 and you pretend to be zone 4, it'll be like beep, beep, you are not, okay? Same thing on Lufthansa. But if you're flying Delta, you can board whenever you want. It doesn't, it doesn't call you out. So if, they're, if you want to pretend to be zone 4 and you're zone 8, you can do that on Delta, and I've done that a few times. But when I'm not with you, anyway, I also uh-huh. can't lift my bag over my head. <laughs>
0: Maybe you should pack less. I can
1: (laughs) carry it because that's our rule. So Jason has made me like I have to carry my own bags. He won't help me. But I can't always do like the full lift over (laughs) the head. So I just last time I traveled without you, I had to have some old man help me. And I'd like failed four times before he finally sighed. He was like, do you need some help? He really
0: didn't want to do it. Cool story.
1: You think I'm boring?
0: No, I think that's really good life hacks. Okay. You ask me a question now.
1: Sure, if you want. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite place we've been to? Oh my fancy? god! Why can't I ask you the you questions? You
0: can. You can. They're good questions. Yeah, I mean, they are. I thought about. I'd like them. you to ask
1: my questions back to me because I obviously thought they were good questions, but you're not going to. So.
0: <laughs> Who writes for a living?
1: Frankie. Yeah.
0: Um. What was the question? Again?
1: You asked me what's like the favorite non-Michelin, not expensive place we've been to together.
0: Oh. I think it's Lutgloss.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, it's pastry place in Copenhagen. It's yeah, very, very
0: good. They have the best cake there, and I just I like going there. Also, just I love the street meats. So like the hot dog. I know. I almost hot about dog cart the dope. Yeah, hot dog cart in Copenhagen. Um, where dope hot dog cart? If anyone's traveling, well, to I mean, like the most famous. One. I could cop out and say um, Cafe Sicilia, but that's.
1: It's like so, but
0: that's kind of Michelin star. Yeah, so it's so we hard to get to. You we, have to
1: stay in Sicily. We can't for at really night. say that.
0: Um, yeah, I would say like the, the gloss or Vivoli gelato. Mm. Mm, love
1: that, that was something that you did not oversell. Vivoli gelato was really no. good. I was like, it can't be that great.
0: No, I just um, one of my coworkers is going to Italy. In three weeks, and I wrote her a long email about, like, where to go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Vivli, you have to go the first day because you're going to want to go back, like, four times, and you're going to regret it if you go the last day.
1: Ugh, all the chocolate gelato, which is not usually my thing. I don't usually ever go for chocolate ice cream, but it's such a rich
0: chocolate.
1: so freaking good. God, I wish we had that right now. We've both been talking about Italy a lot this summer. Yeah. Because we were this time last year, we were just coming back from our month in
0: Italia, Florida, huh?
1: Copenhagen and then a week in Italy. and yeah. I, I want to spend more time in Sicily. Sicily had a very magic feeling. Yeah, I actually saw, I forget, one of the celebrities. Not in the
0: summer, though.
1: <laughs> it was really hot. One of the celebrity chefs, I can't remember who, posted on his Instagram the other day. He was like, everyone should spend like, at least five days in Sicily at some time in their life. And I was like, hey, amen. Let's all do it. All right. This is a really good question that you're going to love.
0: Okay, good. Finally.
1: If you had to choose between eating the wasabi lobster from <laughs> Tim Rao It's
0: Langustine, but yes.
1: Every day for the rest of your life or going back to Noma twice a year for the rest of your life, which would you choose? I did
0: Noma twice a year.
1: So, okay. Would you get sick of the lobster or is it just how much you love Noma? Yeah, well, Lang- I, just think, I
0: just think rationally. So for everyone that doesn't know. The wasabi scene at Tim Rouse, my favorite dish of all time. Ever, Um, It's basically, so it's a scene, basically a lobster, and they put like this really nice light wasabi sauce on top, and then they have a sweet and sour little sauce on the bottom.
1: And they also have wasabi marshmallows.
0: Oh, yeah, wasabi marshmallows. It's just, it's...
1: It's a, an Honestly, ex- it's the perfect dish. Crispy rice things.
0: Yeah, it has a, it has everything: sweet, salty, umami, crunchy, soft. It's everything. It's everything you'd ever want in a dish. I think it's the most perfect dish I've ever had. It's
1: really good. Um, and if you are going to San Francisco, I don't know if they it's, don't, still it's on not the on the menu because
0: oh, okay. I went back there. So
1: because they had it at In Situ, the restaurant that recreates famous restaurants dishes. So they might yeah, put it back. If on. you're
0: ever in Berlin, you have to go there. It's not that expensive for a. Top fifty restaurant in the world. Like, I
1: liked the one at Institute better. <laughs>
0: wow! Well, no, see, we went back and had it there, and it was too spicy. Like Tim Rao had the perfect amount, where it was like just enough spicy, where it wasn't overpowering. Did we have it the
1: second time we went? Yeah, we did. I don't um,
0: remember the first? But yeah, so but the thing with that is, you know, I've it is an amazing dish, and I would have that every day. But Noma is just such a magical place to me, and we were actually just i i can i have a new book by this guy i can't think of his name but it's called Hungry and it basically is the last five years of renee redzepi basically closing down noma and then restarting it we we're just listening to a podcast with him uh, and david chain and i love noma so i think and they're always like changing things and one thing i really like i like to consider myself a futurist. I'm, like, big into change. That's you're, one of the
1: first things you told you're, me, you're you're
0: not, me. You're not into change.
1: No. So we're I'm, very different. I'm, like... I hate change, and you love change.
0: Yeah, so I'm all about, like, I want to try the coolest, newest thing. Like, I want to be at the forefront of everything, and that's where Noma is to me, and that's why I like going there. Like, it's, it's interesting because when you go to Noma, and then, like, the next year, you'll see, like, offshoots from the dishes that we had. Yeah,
1: like, looking at the vegetable season this year compared to what we had. It's hard to imagine anything being better, but you know what I mean? It makes you want to have them both. Yeah. Um, it's so just, I don't know. Go read the book, Hungry. It looks like they just get better and better all, with every single Yeah, you season. think it can't
0: get better, and then like it does.
1: I know. And I do think that... I don't know. I still think that vegetable season, if you're going to go for one, that's the yeah. one. But we haven't been to the meat season, so maybe that's going to come up for us this And we're going
0: winter. to NOMA every year for the rest of our lives. I've already determined Is that decided? Yeah. That's it's exciting. decided. Cool. I guess I'll just have to continue making lots of money <laughs> to pay for our habits. Can't wait. We need that child tax credit. All right, well. You know what I mean?
1: Put a baby in your belly. <laughs> Confound modern science.
0: Okay. Are you ready for my next question?
1: Yeah, I'm all born ready. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been ready for the last two, but sure.
0: Okay, so everyone knows that we're going to Japan next year. Yeah. So what is, what are the next? Okay, let me ask you one question before this. Okay, what's your favorite trip we've gone on so far?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I think our answer is the same on this one. I don't know, but because we've talked about it before. Now everyone, knows, like, I love, I love Copenhagen. We want to live there one day. That's my favorite place uh-huh. but as far as favorite trip it was our honeymoon and i think you know first of all it was our honeymoon and which was exciting because we did it like six months after the wedding which i think yeah. is the way to do it just because you're so drained from the wedding and we both don't really like we don't prefer trips where you just sit around and do nothing so it, you know it wouldn't have been as fun i don't think if we would have done yeah. peru right after the wedding, we wouldn't have had the energy but um so it was sort of like reliving the wedding Celebrating our honeymoon, um, but going to Peru, you know, going to Europe is like going to America, but it's better. It's older and better and more, you know, it's older as far as it's more beautiful, but it's more modern and advanced. So, you know, I, you know, Europe's, I love it, probably my favorite place to go, but going to Peru felt so different and exotic, and I felt yep. like that was the, I'm hoping that's the way I'll feel when we go to Japan, but I felt very far from home and very transported um, and it was an, we ate a lot of really good food I mean we did that was the trip we did Maido and Astrid and Gaston on the same day and then we did um, Central right like the day before we left for the airport and it was just we had to go get a hotel room <laughs> because we were so full because we finished the meal at like 2 p.m. and our flight wasn't until 9 p.m. and we had already yeah, it was like, midnight. like we'd seen everything so we just got a hotel room and took naps yeah um, that was awesome and then, um, you know, Cusco was super magical and, you know, the hike itself. Um, I don't know. So yeah, for me, that's my favorite trip. We've yeah, taken I agree. Together. That's my same, same. So. Twinsies. Twinsies. I'd like to go back. Follow up on day. that question. Yeah.
0: Um, what is the next trip you want to take? That's not Japan because Japan's already. You were know.
1: you going I thought you were going to ask me what I was looking forward to eating in Japan. The no. Last. Oh no. gosh, you tricked me. Um, I I have this answer
0: uh-huh.
1: to shock you. I've actually thought about this. One. Um,
0: <laughs> if it's North Korea, we're not going there.
1: Well, I really want to go to North Korea yeah. and Afghanistan. Yeah. It's called danger tourism, and it's a thing. Look it up. But We're
0: not doing that, people.
1: <laughs> so we've been to Sweden. We've been to Finland. We've been to Denmark. Uh-huh. And in all of those places, we've only been to a very, very tiny portion. So there's still a lot more to explore there. But I love Scandinavia. And they also keep updating my 23andMe to make me even more Scandinavian, uh-huh. which I love. Um, I'm, like, up to, like, 10.3% Scandi, <laughs> wow. which is great. Uh, but we have not been to Norway. Norway. And there's this new restaurant there called Under.
0: Oh, yeah. Which
1: I've... is built under the sea, to quote the little man You motto. should doodle
0: this place because it looks insane. This, and it this... has
1: a Michelin star...
0: I don't know. No, it, it's hasn't like, it hasn't been open. It hasn't been open that long. Start. That's true.
1: But it's like, it's fancy. I don't know. It could be gimmicky too. Um, but I think that that's a good reason. So I've got to like make Jason go to places based on the food and I really want to go to Norway. So that's going to yeah. be, but how cool. It's like the whole wall. It's like you're in an aquarium, like sharks going by and stuff and you're eating your food. So yeah. I also just really want to go to Norway.
0: Norwegian sharks. What about you? My next place I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, It's hard because I'm kind of tossed up between, first of all, there's so many places in the world we haven't gone.
1: No, we haven't even, I mean, we haven't even even stretched the
0: surface because, and the other thing I, we, you know, when I was on my younger side in my twenties,
1: you traveled a a long
0: time ago, I traveled a lot, but you go, you try to like, you go for a week and you try to hit four cities and it's just, you know, you see the highlights and it's just too much and then when we travel now, it's like, you know, we go to Copenhagen, but we're only in Copenhagen and we don't, you don't really get to see like the countryside and like, you know, you see the city, but you don't see like the real Denmark. So I'd like to spend some time like out
1: doing in the more, wild. Getting a car and really, but like going overnight into some places. Yeah.
0: Just like going in the depths of a country and yeah. like more immersing yourself in one place. We I think I'd Scotland. rather,
1: I mean, if you look at Scotland, so big, yeah, <laughs> you it's exactly. like going up North in Scotland, like in the summer.
0: Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, and I think you just have to go, like when you go to a place, you just have to understand that you're only going to stretch the surface of it. And you're only going to see it from your perspective for a couple days. So you, you just can't see it all. And you just have to know that. And if you try to see it all, you're just not going to see anything. So really like try and pick out a f- I try to pick out a few things I really want to see and then I just kind of like to walk around and explore. Yeah, that's our favorite thing. Like to I do. used to do a lot of museums and I really don't we don't do a lot of museums anymore just because it's just like it, 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 we might do one like if I really want to see a painting or something we'll go, but otherwise like you can look that stuff online and then like try and get like I want to get a sense and a feel for the place. And it's hard to do that. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out like a pl- way to do that. So to kind of circle back to that answer, um, I think I really want to do like Australia and New Zealand have really been on my list for a while just because I've always been fascinated with the Australian animals, like the marsupials.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I feel like that's like too English-y. You know, they speak English, but it's so pretty. So that's that's one of them. But I really think like Southeast Asia... Cambodia, Vietnam, that's kind of, and, and and I really want to do like before I get too old and I don't want to do anymore. I want to go to to Tibet and do a hike.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Like a, like a, like a trek, not like Mount Everest. I'm not.
1: Yeah. But more like Machu Picchu where it's, it's not like, you know, straight up, but like a meandering day long. Like I don't want to go that high. I just
0: want to like, you know, be in the Himalayas and like walk to the different towns and kind of experience that. And everyone who's done that that I've talked to has said it's one the best trip they've ever done in their entire lives.
1: You really need
0: like two weeks for
1: everywhere in Asia. I yeah, feel like so that's why it's hard to plan. And then well, it, and really, I really like ideally that, you would do two weeks in Australia, two weeks in New Zealand. So it's really hard yeah,
0: to, and it's far away wise and
1: time off wise. Plan for that, but yeah. so
0: those are my next two things.
1: One day. All right. So, what do you think was the moment? And I, you know, I don't like this word, but it's it is the best word to describe it. But what do you think the moment you became a foodie, or oh, a food person,
0: a foodie? Okay, I have to give my friend Dinah Danforth, who was a who worked with me at KPMG. She's really the person who got me into food. Like, and I like we can kind of go back before that. Like, my family has always been. I've always liked going to restaurants. Like, I like going, like, I just like the atmosphere, the vibe. I like, I've always liked looking in the kitchen, see what's happening, like notice what's going on. I've always liked that. But my friend Dinah, when we were at KPMG, she was a foodie already. And she knew all the restaurants in New York to go to. And we, were, we did a lot of recruiting together. So she'd be like, okay, let's go to like Danielle today. And I'd be like, what's Danielle? And like we would, we would go to like these three Michelin star restaurants on KPMG's dime. Awesome for lunch, and that's a that's a secret thing to do for the Michelin star restaurants. Like lunch is normally cheaper, and you get the same experience, and it's a really nice time. So we would go like around New York, taking these interns, <laughs> like recruits, to all these fancy restaurants over like one summer, and that really got me into like just learning about the high-end food scene and just the food scene in general. So, Because you were pretty
1: picky. I know that your family, when I first met you, your family was really surprised that you liked food. They were like, Jason, you used to never want to eat anything. Yeah, try well, anything. and
0: I think part of that is like growing up in Fort Mill, like there's, and Charlotte still isn't like a great food city. But growing up back then in Fort Mill and Charlotte, it was all chain restaurants and it was like I didn't, I hadn't tried good stuff. And then when I moved to New York, like I had re- literally like, almost never had sushi before I went to New York. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like there's all this cool stuff out here that I didn't know about. So yeah. And really it was Dinah who got me, um, got me into it. And, uh, and then, you know, cousin Amy, who has had a blog for a long time. We've talked about her on the pod. Um,
1: and we've had her on the pod (laughs) and we've had her on
0: the pod. Yeah. She's been on the pod. Uh, just, you know, she really, she was a big influence too. Like she took us to our first event at Fudo Buddha. Yeah. And um, pre-blog. Pre-blog. Like, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like there's like-minded people in Charlotte who like food the way we do. And that was like 2015. I mean, that was right before we started the blog. And I mean, the food scene's gotten so much better in Charlotte since then. But uh, I would say, yeah, New York, 2011, is when it happened. That was the moment. How about you?
1: Um, well, so I was not picky at all growing up. Oh, so God, I feel no. like for me, it's like twofold. So I actually remember, it was with my parents in Myrtle Beach because my parents like to golf. So that Myrtle? Like the favorite vacation, but we would go there a lot and they would golf. Um, but we went to this restaurant down by the water and they got raw oysters. And I was like five or six years old. And they were like, oh, you know, you're not going to want these, but you can try one if you want. And I pretty much ate the whole tray of oysters. And I just remember they were so shocked. Like, my dad was very proud of me. And he's not a very, like, at that point especially, he's not like a super adventurous eater himself. But they both liked oysters. But he was like, I just can't believe it. Like, she liked the oysters. And I was like, oh, is this a cool thing? Like, you're supposed to be, you know, adventurous and try new things. And um, I don't know, I just kind of. I don't know, I'd kind of like that feeling even as a little kid. I was like, oh, wow, well,
0: look yeah. how fancy I am. <laughs> and I'll say one other thing, too, is I've, I've never really been that into music. I'm into sports, but, like, as far as immersive experiences that I do, like, I've never liked to go to concerts. Plays are not my thing. Like, like I respect them for what they are, and I understand why people are into them, but it's just not my thing. And food is, like, a thing I like to do. Like it's a hobby and that's like our hobby that we have together. It's one of the things we share. Yeah. (laughs) So instead of, you know, paying for Justin Timberlake tickets or whatever, we spend our money like traveling and going to food. And And eating
1: at the restaurants where Justin Timberlake eats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he was there like one day after us last year.
1: Yeah, that's what someone said (laughs) to us recently. They're like, I didn't realize how legit you guys were until I saw you go to a restaurant. And then two days later, Justin Timberlake went to the same restaurant.
0: Yeah, (laughs) copycat.
1: Um, but then, so the second part of that answer would be: when I started watching food shows like my senior year of high school, like yeah. actually starting with Emeril. <laughs> uh, well, you I used know to what's interesting? Really like Emeril.
0: A lot of people, like Jamie Barnes, said Emeril was his. Like, there's a whole generation well, of people, especially like.
1: Well, so he has this thing like no no one sided tasting food. Um, and that was huge to me. Right. So when you have a piece of meat, a lot of people and a lot of restaurants still do this, they just season the top of it. yeah. And so that was like, he always had this like, you know, call and repeat with the audience, like no one sided taste in food, you know, but you like, so flavoring both sides or all of the sides of the meat or whatever it yeah. is. And then, you know, watching, watching that and also, um, well, okay. What he was the other one for this? So seasoning. So that's the thing about cooking that really, like, around seventeen to nineteen, I started cooking, and I realized people are so shy home cooks with salt and pepper. You need so much salt and pepper and butter too. But really, like, people are very dainty with it, and you need way, way more than you think to Don't create dainty, flavor. Um, and Emerald was big on that too, right? So, and then the other one was Out and Brown. So I used Alton. to watch Out and Brown every single night, and I would. So particularly his hand pie episode. Um, So after that, I I started making hand pies. Like I made them like once a week for two months and just put all kinds of different stuff in them. And I would freeze them. And the first time I started playing around with dough and then I started making bread. But, you know, the science behind the food. Um, So that probably for me was, which I don't even like watching food shows anymore. I just don't really get into it the way I did. But at the time I loved it. So. Cool. Yeah. Is it Alton my Brown. turn?
0: Can um I ask you? No, I think you just asked oh, me.
1: That's
0: right. Um okay, let's get to Charlotte. Oh, here we are. <laughs> let's come do, to do, Charlotte. Do, do, do. Oh, we're already here. Okay. We all know that my favorite restaurant's Bardo.
1: hmm
0: Not I don't think it's even close. I'd it like used to be
1: Soul Gaster Lounge. Yeah, Is that's, that's still where we had second? our first.
0: Um Yeah, I think so. That and Haberdish are like Really neck and neck. And I'm going to give a shout out to Noble Smoke.
1: Which, yeah, I haven't been Noble
0: Smoke, I've been there three times in the last two weeks. Like, I really like it. I have to say, so Sweet Lou, love Sweet Lou's. Um, so good. I love his brisket, but I have to say that, like, some of his sides, I'm not that big of a fan in. Noble Smoke, I think their brisket is a little bit not as good as Sweet Lou's, but their sides are amazing. And all their other meats are really good. So I've I've just been... And I love the atmosphere at Noble Smoke. So go check them out.
1: Yeah, um, Jason went to the media event and you brought home peach pies. They were like little hand those pies. Those peach hand
0: pies are freaking and delicious. And they were
1: really good. So that's all... And you actually brought home some meat, but I tried it like three days later. It was still really good. Mates. But I need to go try it.
0: Okay, so what... Talk about your favorite restaurants in town.
1: I'm still... Chef Shortino is my favorite. Not just because I'm in love with him. Love you. Um. Yeah, so... Fudo Buddha to me is what kicked off the food scene in Charlotte. It's still like, I love sitting at the counter and I like how it's frenetic in there. And I think that there's nothing better, um, than that ramen to me. Um, I love the the homemade noodles and I love that fire and ice with that chili paste on the salmon and I really like Lincoln's like the bread, god what they're doing with the bread there which is why i cannot wait for the pizza place that's opening we just talked to courtney it's looking like january so mark your calendars um everything is from scratch everything is so fresh i've never had anything at either of his restaurants that i didn't that i didn't love i think was totally top notch
0: yeah you only Lincoln's once a week
1: I love Lincoln's. Like I know it's order at the counter, but people are always asking for recommendations. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind because I like that. Cause you can sit and you can linger and you can work there and make it a thing or you can take it to go. Yeah. It's but, nice.
0: But we it's don't have high class. enough. See, I think <laughs> like Charlotte is really missing. There's, there's some decent higher end restaurants now. I wouldn't say there's a, like Bardo's the best, but it's not like we don't have something like above that. And I think they might actually like work on a tasting menu and like really refine it, which would be cool and see if Charlotte's like ready for that. And, and then we have like some fast casual places that are good, like Yafo, but we don't have a lot of the, um, of the Lincoln's, which is kind of like a step up from the fast casual. Like Almost every- like
1: a Russ and daughters. I feel like Lincoln's is our Russ and daughters. <laughs> like yeah. the, all the ingredients are very fresh. Um, you know, and it's, but it's just, all...
0: Yeah, just like the really... Like, you'll
1: pay extra for something you order at the counter at a place like that.
0: Yeah. But, like, a high-end fast casual. Yeah. We need more of those in Charlotte.
1: That's my answer.
0: Cool. Yeah. Cool, bro. Okay.
1: Was that your answer? Is Soul Graster still your second? Um, or is...
0: I think, you know what, Pepperbine might be in... Pepperbine's going to make the top five, Pepperbine I
1: think. was amazing,
0: and we got to go to fig Tree. We do have to go to Fetch. We're going to do that before we come out with our top 25 of 2019. Can't wait to
1: go to Pepper Vine two more times. I think we're going to – let's try to go the full three times before we write our review, but yeah, I was blown away. I thought people were maybe overhyping it, but I thought it was really, really good. Um, all right, what's the meal that we've shared together that you think about most often and not Noma? <laughs> but like which one are you kind of like sitting at your desk daydreaming about? Or on your runs? Because you've been running I don't training really for a <laughs> um, You don't think about them?
0: I mean, Funti Dorme, I think, is the one after Noma that I think about the most. I don't know if it's my second favorite, but I think that was just like our first wow experience that we had together. So that's kind of the one that I go back to. That
1: was a really romantic In evening. Athens, Greece. Yeah. And still at one of the best. Yeah. Top three. And we're
0: going to go back there one day, too. Like, they're opening up. They're moving their location. Different location,
1: which is sad because I really like that one. Yeah.
0: It was a cool, like.
1: Can't imagine why they're moving it.
0: I'm sure it's money. Like, Maria yeah, must be like <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I think that's the one that I, I don't think it's our second best meal we've ever had, but I do think it's, it was.
1: Well, it's weird how some fly. It was the like radar. a
0: wow. Like,
1: Saison like was really good, but I never think of it.
0: I think of Cezanne, um, I would say, so of our top restaurants we've ever been to, and I've thought about this for this episode, I'm glad you asked me um, <laughs> Noma's number one, Noma seafood. I mean, sorry, Noma vegetable season. Noma vegetable season is number one, for sure. like way above the rest. Um, I think number two for me, it's either El Cellar de Can Roca which I really liked, um, or it might be Cezanne. Really? I think Saison is like...
1: I always thought you said you weren't that crazy about well, it. Well,
0: I think it was a weird night. Like That was the, like, something's happened, <laughs> and it was like two days after our wedding, so it was... So we were
1: really tired. We were
0: really tired, but looking back on what we had there, that was really freaking good.
1: I liked everything at Saison. I thought it was awesome. I just don't, it doesn't ever come to the top of my mind. And
0: you know what I really liked about Cezanne is just the, it was such a thoughtful menu. Like it was kind of done in stages and you would have like the lobster section then the pig section and then like the pumpkin section and just the way it was organized. I thought was really cool. And then since I've like listened to him with David Chang and just knowing his kind of the way he thinks about food, He's actually not running Cezanne anymore. He's running Angler in uh, L.A., but I just think it's so...
1: I didn't know that. Huh.
0: <sighs> breaking news on the pod. Wow. But, yeah, and then I really... Th- so we went to um, El Sao de Canroca, and then we went to Enigma, back-to-back, and Wayne really loved Enigma. And as I was writing both of them, like, Enigma was really cool. So Enigma is Albert Adria's high-end restaurant, he has that and tickets and a couple other places. Um, I really liked Enigma, but the dishes there, like they were cool, but they weren't as memorable.
1: It was more about the experience and the atmosphere. The experience
0: was awesome. I one agree. of the One of the coolest experiences we've ever been to, like amazing. The food was amazing, but it just wasn't as memorable. Um, El Cero and de Conroca, like I still think about some of those dishes that we had. The desserts, the whiskey cake, the red um, prawns, we the vanilla We had some of the, the v- vanilla best peas, desserts
1: I've ever had at any fancy um, restaurant. The,
0: the veal pastrami. Like I literally, I can name, there's very few places I can name like all the dishes that I had. Noma's one of them. Like I like, I can go through in my head everything that I had in Noma. I can do that for El Salardé Can Roca. Um, I can do it for Saison. I can do it for a couple of dishes at Atelier Cren, But like it's very... Um, rare to actually like have it last that long. And like, that just shows how amazing those experiences were.
1: Co was like that for me too.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Co, Co actually is, you know what? I said 11 Madison part for my first one, but I did go to Co before, before you two yeah. with a random friend from KPMG. And that was an awesome experience because it was, it was like literally the size of this podcasting room, and it was so. Co
1: is not ranked highly enough
0: <laughs> for Agreed. how good
1: it is. Um, really, I think about every David Chang restaurant that we've been to a whole lot, and we recently the last time we went to in New York, which I know he's Cali. not. Um, yeah, Cowie is not. He's not the head chef there, but it's his concept. Yeah, um, and I just even that's been lingering with me. Like his his flavors, they just.
0: No, I think about the Co Bar, like
1: (laughs) oh my gosh, of
0: the last twelve months where I've (laughs) where I've eaten, like that's honestly like I'm going back there every time I go to New York. That's a fact. Write it down in your calendars, people. And
1: the place in L.A. Yeah, Major Domo, Major Domo, the shaved ice. Oh yeah. I just have a really fun time at his restaurants too. I think the flavors are like extra punchy.
0: Yeah, and then the environment. Flavor forward. The
1: environment is like it's just. Casual, like it's really good food, and like it never is stuffy. Yep. Um When I, you know, I and I like the fancier ones too. Like Atelier cran is still my number two after Noma, and that was super. So
0: what? So what are your top fancy. What are your top five?
1: Top five.
0: Or just top. So we, you got Noma.
1: Yeah, Noma's my number one for sure. Atelier cran is still my number two. Um. Hmm.
0: You know what place I really liked too in Peru? Astra Gaston, I think, was my favorite one that we did there.
1: So I say I like Maido better. even I, th- But it's, it's hard too because Maido was lunch.
0: For um, me, I think it was Astrid and Gaston, Maido, Central was. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's not. Actually, I think Maito's is ranked higher than Central right now. But normally people think Central. Central I liked most of all. And you didn't like it as much as I did. Well, I'd get the concept of Central, like they're trying to just do crazy shit there. But it
1: wasn't just that; it was the flavors to me. Too. I like thought that it's... potato dish that we had there, yeah, um, and also the desserts with the cacao; like those yeah. were super special to me. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say Noma, and then Atelier Cren and then
0: I think about to the almond granita.
1: Central. Probably
0: that's actually probably the thing I think about the most. And then,
1: just from Cafe Sicilia?
0: Yeah, like if you're at, when you ask me what do I think about the most, like what meal, I think about the almond granita.
1: It was also just so hot, <laughs> we would just like stumble down this hill. Yeah. And just like the way the waiters would look at us when it was our third visit of the day.
0: <laughs> i would be like, "Welcome back, sir." <laughs> like, thank you.
1: Yeah, that was magic. So
0: anyway, what'd you say? So you said Noma.
1: Noma, Atelier Cren. Cren, Central, uh-huh. Co, uh-huh. and then a mass, which you know I know is not yeah the same necessarily. I, but
0: I, a mass is on that level.
1: I just and I'm even talking about the second time we went and sat at the bar, yeah, <laughs> and not the tasting menu because I really like the tasting menu. But their potato bread, I think about
0: once yeah, a week.
1: <laughs> it's like the tangiest sourdough you can imagine. It's so freaking soft. Um, and we had that chicken dish last time too. So yep. I think about Amass a lot and I really like their vibe too. Like we got that little gnome that flicks you off. They have that on their bar and we've got it to put in our house. So maybe that's why I think about it a lot too. Yeah. That's a nice memory. True. Also, we get the best art in Peru. We have so many, we like to get little treasures on our trips and mm-hmm. we got so many fun pieces there that I love looking at and I love thinking about our time in Peru. Good times. Good times. Is it my turn to ask you? Sure. Okay. Um, which meal that we've shared together do you think was the biggest disappointment?
0: Uh, Austria-Prentestana.
1: Mm. Yeah, me too. That was like <laughs> such a journey and such a track Yeah. for a letdown. Yeah. Remember the bag of trash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah know we mentioned it but we, they have a piece of art there that's a bag of trash <laughs> and at the end well, of the it's part. Meal, there's
0: something above it too but you just saw the trash and and you thought it was like they're that's some like they weird didn't art
1: p- for a restaurant
0: yeah I was well like, his wow. that collection he has is like worth millions and millions and millions of yeah, dollars yeah i mean
1: that's some really weird shit so i bet it's really expensive
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the hype of that place, you know, ranked number one in the world.
1: Uh, meeting, and, you know, Mossimo m-
0: Who's one of the coolest people, like, so outgoing, like, so I, nice. I
1: enjoyed reading his book on the train back more than I enjoyed yeah. the restaurant. Because the book is so interesting, and he's so interesting when you watch him yeah. on TV. And we did get to meet him, which was a definite high. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the food. The most memorable thing we had there was the, you had an, um, an espresso mocktail that yeah. I think about quite often. Yeah, um, but other than that, I don't think too. about anything we had on that menu, and I can remember
0: most of uh, it. I think about the five ages of Parmesan. I don't think about it.
1: It was definitely the best thing there for sure, and I liked it and I, a lot. And
0: the rum baba, I think about that too. And but, that was pretty average. But too. yeah, just I think more for me it was just the atmosphere was just less than dead.
1: Yeah, the atmosphere. <laughs> the atmosphere was
0: just so bad. It's It's honestly the worst atmosphere I've ever been to, and that just –
1: well, it was interesting. The food
0: we, couldn't overpower that. The
1: energy of the servers was very low. And I remember, we, so we got there, we didn't get there that early. We got there about 20 minutes early. And most places, when you get there early, they'll let you come in and have a drink. They would actually, like, they did not unlock the door to the restaurant, and all of the servers were, like, smoking cigarettes <laughs> it and was laughing very Italian. in the alley. <laughs> um, but like, it just didn't feel like, it felt like you were at like a, an Italian, you know, Chili's and they were like, you're not coming in here till the time, bro. And it's like, you're about to pay $400 yeah. per person. And
0: it was low energy for sure. And I don't
1: know, the servers didn't really seem that into their job. Whereas at the other places we've been, you know, it's like, they all seem very passionate. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of started at the beginning and went throughout and we didn't get any sort of, we didn't get to see any part of it besides the bathroom yeah. and where we ate. Like, normally it's so open. I got to give Blue Hill. Everything.
0: I forgot about Blue Hill. Blue Hill That's was really true. good. Blue Hill was Blue, Blue, Blue Hill like actually might fever be dream. above. But it's below Alzheimer's and Cup because I don't... Blue Hill, there's, a, I don't remember every dish. And like they did I do. that great.
1: Like they let you come in early, have a drink while well, we yeah. were, you know, we were only two, we were hours, two hours early, early. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you go to the bathroom, you go down the stairs, they took you back to like a different part of the restaurant, yeah. just different tables. They took different places, but we got to go to the bread area. But yeah, like they, you know, yeah, I, Osteria
0: I is just, it's just, it was a disappointment in all the senses. The more I think about it, it was like, I
1: can't think of any restaurant like that where you can't see anything that's happening in the kitchen.
0: Well, it's a very traditional like when you yeah. walk
1: through the kitchen. Not
0: any of the high end places. Eleven Madison
1: Park, you don't see anything of the kitchen. Atelier crown you could see into the but, kitchen. Uh, but Central has an open kitchen.
0: But they have an open con- like you see everybody else in the dining room at those places. Even if you don't see the kitchen. But I'm
1: saying they have a glass they most places now have like a glass window where you can see a part of the kitchen. Yeah,
0: or or it's like Eleven Madison Park, like it's one big room and, and it has a cool vibe. Like it feels we well, were in a
1: room with two other, you know Tables. Yeah, and it just felt really no windows.
0: Yeah, it felt it was it was weird. It was just weird.
1: But I loved going to Modena. <laughs> I thought that was cool because we went yeah. to the balsamic vinegar shop after, and the train ride was.
0: No, it's cool. A lot, it, it's but I cool liked that, that we
1: journeyed a, to go there. That made it feel more special yeah. to me. Like we always kind of journey because when we're traveling, we walk. I mean, it's a lot in too. a
0: small like it's going. It. I'm trying to think of the U.S. equivalent. It's like smaller than Asheville. It it'd be it's a like a very
1: tiny town.
0: It'd be like going to the Chef and Farmer.
1: Well, there was nobody there.
0: Like wherever the hell she is. But Kingston. there
1: was nobody there. <laughs> like the streets were empty.
0: Well, it was 95 degrees. Yeah. They're not was, they're not stupid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was cool. Like I just I liked that part of it, but yeah, the restaurant itself was a definite disappointment. That's mine too.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Do you have another one? So this is what happens when you don't write them down. I bet you're starting to forget, huh? <laughs>
0: I never forget. Okay. So what do you say to people that want to get in the food? Like they're in, they're interested in food, but they're not quite sure. Like maybe even a blogging, like just say, what do you tell people who they're like, Oh, we really like what you're doing. Like we've had a couple of people who've started like use us as inspiration, which is amazing.
1: Smoothie shout out,
0: which is amazing. Like I can't even believe that. And that's, I'll just ask myself a question real fast, which is, what have I liked most about blogging over the last four years, and our hundred episodes? Um, I was going
1: to ask you that. that it, was actually one of my questions.
0: And I'll ask you the same thing. Okay. Actually, when well, I ask you that, and then I'll answer it. No, you it. go
1: ahead. Answer no. it.
0: Um, so, what have I liked most? Um, I think it's the just the really cool connections we've made, like throughout Charlotte, especially doing this podcast. Like, you know, when we first started, the first 25, 30 episodes, it was just us two. We were learning it, learning how to talk with each other. And then over these last, you know, 60, 70 episodes, we've gotten to meet so many people. We've had so many cool guests. We've met like and become friends with a lot of the chefs and food people around town. And not only that, like we've got to know all the bloggers who are really nice people. And we've got to inspire people to like start a blog and kind of you know, we have our bloggers that we looked up to when we started and now people are like looking at us when they start their blog. And I think that's been the coolest thing. So you can say what's your favorite part about that and then also say it.
1: Like what you would tell people to What do you on. tell
0: people, yeah, when they're like, hey, I want to do what you're doing?
1: Um, well, first thing, the thing that I realized the most that I like the most about blogging, yes, the friends that we've made, but I had a friend come to town. Emma came to town from Michigan and I took her to... Um, Lincoln's. We went to Bardo. We went to, and I think I've mentioned this before on the pod, but we went to Cuplux. But at every place, you know, we knew the owners, we knew the the bartender, the chef, whatever it was. And she was like, "This is so cool. Like, you guys know everyone around the city from your blog." And yeah, like that's you know when my dad comes or when you're like, you know what I mean? Like the way the hospitality that the chefs and the owners and the people who work at these restaurants extend back to us for loving them is amazing and you know 90% of what we post you know say you just follow us on Instagram 90% of what we post there is just because we love it like I'm sure a lot of people think that Lincoln's pays us to show them that kind of love
0: we don't get paid from anybody
1: but like sometimes we do sponsored posts and that's something that I wanted to mention too that's kind of a segue from your question that's been getting under my skin lately so if you want us to come in to a restaurant or you want to send us your product then do that And if we love it, we'll post it and it'll be genuine. If you want to have a sponsored post, then you need to pay for that. I'm really getting tired of people thinking that they're going to say, I'm going to give you a hamburger that's $8 and I'm going to demand an Instagram post in return. Like there's a goodwill here that happens. Um, And we're not asking for anything for free. Honestly, like, you know we 're we're, we're paying for most of our food, and we 're fine with that we 're not yeah. looking for free we meals. pay
0: for pretty much but all it, of our food
1: but it puts <laughs> unless
0: a, we go to these events and honestly,
1: at this point, our time has become more valuable just because we 're both really busy but i don 't like i don 't like this idea that they 're saying they 're dangling an eight dollar hamburger in exchange for something like a you know our time and our like passion yeah, love is- of a place like that 's not really how, like, and we 'll and we'll do it for money like i 'm not saying we 're Above that, like if you oh want to actually no. have a true sponsored post where you're, you know, and I'll say hashtag sponsored and we'll let our followers But we're only going to
0: post, we only post stuff on our Instagram or blog, more Instagram, because the blog will say if we don't like it, but we only post stuff that we like. Like we don't post, we, we or we if we post something, we'll make it like very vague. What well, that's the
1: problem when someone says, I want you to come out and try our food in exchange for an Instagram post. Now I'm hundred percent going to put stories and say, Hey, we were there, but like, I'm not,
0: but we don't I, normally you know, we do haven't, that. We
1: haven't tried it yet. And so uh, for me, if you're a PR person and you're someone asking bloggers to come out, you need to just say, Hey, come in. We'd love to have you in because that puts goodwill in our, in the blogger's head right that they want to I think like, most
0: of them do that
1: But there's more of a trend towards saying come out and we're looking for a post or a story Well yeah, as turn. you get
0: bigger people just say hey we're gonna
1: No but it's more of a trend in general yeah. I think with no matter the size well, of the Well and we're
0: not going to do that because we like it's very important that we let people know like what's good and bad
1: but if your food is good and you show We'll post it. And you show goodwill and you're like you're sweet and kind, like we'll want to do you a solid by driving traffic to your business. Yeah.
0: Well, if it's good, we're going to post it. I'm
1: just saying you don't have to come at people in such a transactional way. Like that's yeah. that's more advice don't for the business. Don't say send us. Right? Yeah, if you ben. send us a
0: hamburger, we're not just going to post it cuz you sent it to us.
1: Yeah, well, I wasn't saying they'd send us a hamburger. Well, they should. <laughs> in this case, it would be going to go get a hamburger. Yeah. But someone was trying to send us mustard this week, and they said, we'll send you mustard if you do a post in three stories. And I'm like, you know, send me mustard. Cool. I bet the mustard's like 20 bucks, and I bet it's good mustard, but like, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to promise something without ever tasting your mustard. That'd be weird. Yeah. And I love mustard. Love mustard. I'll eat it with a fork. Amen. That's how much I love it. Um, But yeah, so along those same lines, being less transactional too with if you want to get started in blogging. um, Greg Collier posted something this week where he's like, people hustle backwards. So they start doing something and they want to see, in this case, like you know, 10,000 followers or money or free meals or media events. Um, You just have to start with loving food and posting what you like. And I think that the thing that I'm still struggling with is just being very authentic on our page. It's easy to fall into the trap of, wanting to sound like everybody else and not trying to make anybody angry. Um, So this is something that I'm always reminding myself is that people come to our page for our voices. And that means that sometimes people are not going to like it and they're going to get angry. And that's a hard thing for me to handle. But I think it's a necessary part of being on the internet right now. Like there's so much out there, everything's saturated. And if you're not bringing something genuine with your personality, but also if you want to be food blogging something that shows that you're really into food and not just a free ride, you know, that's gonna yeah. show.
0: I mean, I think it's for we I do this because I love food and I love like talking about food and I like writing about the places we go so I can remember them five years later. And that's one of the coolest things, like looking back and seeing like what we ate at these restaurants a couple of years ago that I would never have remembered. And we don't do it for the money. Like we each have full time jobs, we make. And this m- is
1: a money losing venture, absolutely. <laughs> like,
0: like we we're not doing it to become famous. Like it's literally almost impossible to to do that or to make lots of money. Like as a food blogger, like it's you like can,
1: winning the lottery.
0: <laughs> like you can do it; it's possible. There are people who do it, and they're awesome. And we, I follow a lot of them, and they're they're cool. But like, it's hard for someone from Charlotte to. To make money on their, and Instagram I think the way we feel blog. about it
1: would be like if that happened, that'd be cool. But that's you know what I mean. Like yeah. people are always like, "Do you want to do this full time?" And it's like that's not the goal.
0: Yeah, Honestly, and the goal is like- also not to get free food. Like I like we get invited to like four events a week, and like I, you know, life's short. <laughs> I want to eat what I want to eat. Like, and I'll go to these places and try them, but you know, I want to like I'm picky with the type of food I want to eat. So yeah, that's, that's important too, to know that like, you know, and, and what we want you, what we hope we convey as our listeners and our followers is, you know, this is stuff that we like and it's genuine and like, we'll tell you when something's bad.
1: Yeah. So someone asked about, we went to Cineholic last weekend and someone was like, real talk, is that cinnamon roll good?
0: Yes. It's good.
1: It's like, yeah. (laughs) Like now, and then the other thing about that is like people think because we post high end stuff, we don't go slumming and eat whatever, but it's like, if it's not good, we're not going to post it.
0: So yeah, good food. Please trust that. Good food. It comes at all price points. Like it's just like clothing or anything else. Like, you know, the cutting edge food is happening at the high end restaurants, but you can also like that funnels down and you can get like a really good Cinnamon and bun Cineholic and Cineholic. Is a, and is
1: a chain. Like, yeah. And we knew exactly what we're... like. They're not made from scratch. They're a chain. They're good for what they are. And that's yeah. another example, too, of how that worked. So that really lovely owner said, hey, we'd love to have you out to try some of our cinnamon rolls. And that is it. And in exchange, she got six stories and a full post. But if she would have said, hey, we want you to come out in exchange for some content we would have said no. And that's been happening more and more often, right? So yeah. if you really want people to come out to your place, just be like, Hey, we want you to come try it and people will show you the love, but you know, and that's another thing that's been happening too, as far as like, come out in exchange for a free post, we're giving you 20% off of your food. We've seen this happening more and more too.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Marketing but, is expensive. But it's
0: not like food. You can have good food. That's cheap and can be at a chain. It's possible to open your minds, bros.
1: Yeah, it's good for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. I don't remember whose turn it is. I think this happens turn. every turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um that was my next question though. Oh my god, that was those were both of my next questions. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um All right, well we've kind of already addressed this, but what's the next Michelin-starred restaurant you're most excited to try? Kind of, sort of. <sighs> I don't know if we've really...
0: Well, we're going to Alinea, hopefully. So.
1: Gosh, I hope we get the reservation. Well,
0: we're going to get into Alinea, I've been excited worry. about Alinea for years. We're going to Puyol in Mexico City in November, which I'm very excited about. The ones I really want to go to around the world, which I'm, I think you just asked me, and that's what I'm yeah. going to answer. Um, I could be a presidential candidate. Oh, um, Ask me about global warming. Just ask me.
1: What do you think about global warming?
0: Okay, here's the Michelin star restaurants that I really want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh so good for president De Don is like my number one. I want to go there so bad. I want
1: to go there so bad That
0: looks freaking amazing. I really want to go to Attica in Melbourne because we we met um basically like I think he's the second command down there, yeah uh at Noma, and he that just looks really cool. um what are one the other ones I want to go to Oh man,
1: it's hard, right?
0: yeah. <laughs> there's, I, I, well, I really want to go to like a really good sushi place in Japan. There's
1: so many Michelin starred places in Japan. I don't even know all of them, but they have like probably the most, wouldn't you and say? And there's
0: like, I've been watching street food on, uh, on Netflix, and they have like Michelin starred street food in like Vietnam, and I want to go there. Like, but I'd say Dagon is like number one, number one on my list of places I really want to go. As far as like top tier Michelin star, and I, you know, the other one I want to go to that's closing, um, that, so we're not gonna make it. But the one in Sweden with madness, whatever. Oh yeah, that place looked freaking insane. But we're not gonna make and it. And white, I'd like to go to
1: White Rabbit. Oh yeah, in Moscow, in, in
0: Moscow. Yeah, that place looks awesome too.
1: I know Russia was not mentioned, but I would definitely like to travel there too. And you've you've been?
0: I've been to Russia, but I can see Russia from my house.
1: Yeah. That's why people moved to Hill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Um, what about you? Well, oh, um, Gagan's on my list, 100. percent But yeah, mine's the same, like Alinea and Gagan. You're really see,
0: think. I'm. I'm so stoked I'm for Alinea. I'm not that stoked so for Alinea because I think it's a little past, like. Yeah,
1: I don't I feel think like he's you cooking think there that the much.
0: I know. I don't think it's jump the chart. I think I think it's just like French Laundry, where
1: yeah, I hope we, not. Like, oh, I forgot about that as far as a disappointment. Which was a bigger disappointment, the French Laundry or... Um,
0: oh, Osteria. Or Osteria. For sure. French Laundry w- was a disappointment, but it wasn't a terrible disappointment. Osteria was a the, disappointment. I think
1: the food... French Laundry
0: hasn't been right, number one in the world. Like, Osteria yeah, was number one in the world. I think the food think.
1: was better at Osteria, but yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's more, so it's more of a disappointment. Well, it's all about <laughs>
0: expectations. Yeah, about, expectations yeah, were quite I mean, so high.
1: But yeah. yeah, you're right. I hadn't really thought about that. And I'm really into like what you could call gimmicky, but I don't. I call creative and Jason knows that. Like I go in more for the creativity more than the flavor sometimes. So I'm so excited to have like the balloon dish and a linear yeah. and like all the crazy shit that he does. No, I
0: like all that stuff too. I just think I'm when worried. it's really magical is when they take the creative and it tastes really good. And that's what Noma's so good at. Like Noma, everything's amazing and yeah, it tastes amazing. You get both. And I and felt
1: like, like Alinea was, or um, Atelier Crenn was the same way. I thought it was so creative. Yeah. And so good. All right. So this is my last question for okay, you. Okay, last question.
0: We're at the hour mark, so this is good. Yeah, this is
1: good. Um, this is like my question I always ask, like death row meal. But I was going to say, if you can only eat one food for every meal for the rest of your life... What would you? Pick? I think it would be sushi, but it has to be the same kind. So, what is it? Salmon avocado roll? Like you don't get to have a different sushi roll. That would defeat the purpose.
0: Um, yeah, I would do a salmon avocado with like a little bit of spicy sauce on top. Not tuna, because you like it's not be. my favorite thing. But I feel like it's light. Like you get a protein, you're getting a little you avocado, get a little of
1: everything, yeah, and
0: you, you like. You'd get tired of it, but it wouldn't be like fried chicken after like three meals in a row. You'd be like, I want to kill myself. Right.
1: Yeah. That's a good answer. You wouldn't get so sick of it.
0: Yeah. What about you? What's your. <laughs> I know you've, you've been on death row, so.
1: <laughs> get rich or die trying. Um, peanut butter and jelly on saltines.
0: <laughs> God fucking.
1: That'd be my... Brutal. End. And that's great because you get protein, a little sweet, a little carb. Same, yeah. same kind of idea behind your answer. I feel like it's well balanced. Yeah. But yeah, I've we going to Mr.
0: Totio tonight. I hope you're ready for that.
1: I'm event. not going there. But we've been blogging together for coming up on four years. Yeah. And we've been Four podcasting. years like this month. Yep. And we've been podcasting for obviously... Two like years a little two weeks shy of two years.
0: Four weeks, but yeah.
1: It's been a pleasure
0: yeah, it's been awesome, and we're gonna keep doing it for maybe like a hundred more years.
1: Hundred more years.
0: We'll see, but uh, you know, I really evolved. feel like the pod. We've got some really good podcast guests coming up, and uh, we got some good things in store for the blog.
1: Yeah, Charlotte Magazine. Like you're gonna name us best podcast next year, or I'm coming to everyone's house on your staff.
0: God, I hope so. This is a okay. So right before we end, what's yeah. the best thing you ate this week? Oh my gosh! Don't forget about that.
1: I did forget. Um, okay. So best thing I ate this week. I did not go anywhere this week.
0: (laughs) Literally. She's, so we, we bought this house and she's like, hasn't left the house.
1: Yeah. I love staying home. So like a lot of times, like, so I haven't been on the pod the last few weeks. We just saw Courtney at Lincoln's Haberdashery and she was like, I thought you were dead. You know, like I really hate leaving the house. And now that the house is so nice, I don't see myself ever going, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, but the last thing, the best thing I ate this week would probably be we went to Flower Child's opening. Oh, yes. This is a little shy. of. This was last Saturday, so a little bit over a
0: week, but... Um, and you'll hear this. It would have been three weeks ago. Yeah.
1: yeah, so, I mean, it's been a while, but in real time, um, we had this lemon olive oil muffin, and yes. that was the best that thing. That was so So good. I had the dark chocolate vegan pudding also, oh, yeah. which I felt like was a little overhyped. Mm. Like, I like the... Um, I mean, I don't know if Luna's has an exact corollary, but they have like chia pudding and they have the chocolate pudding that they used to. The
0: chia pudding at Luna's is good. It's
1: really good. And I've had really good vegan puddings like that before, and I felt like that didn't have a whole lot of flavor. But the lemon olive oil muffin was amazing. And I also really like their salads. Like I'm going to go back there for sure. Um, They even inspired me to make my own massaged kale salad. Today. I was like, I don't need to pay fifteen dollars for this. Beautiful. I'll massage this kale with these own hands of mine. Yeah. What was the best thing you ate? It was you weird ate? you
0: put it on a massage table and they're like
1: Yeah, I put down a towel and I was like, Are you comfortable?
0: Yeah, and there was some weird spot music playing.
1: What was the best thing you ate this week?
0: Uh, okay. So it's gotta be noble smoke. And um oh man. You know what? I'm gonna go with the hand pie. That hand pie, because. Oh, really? And I've, I went with Larry, my best friend, Larry, which, um, I don't know if I can break down the pots, I won't, yeah,
1: but he has a new to, job, which I'm him. very
0: excited about. There's
1: something new in the works for Larry.
0: Um, but we, uh, we got like all the meats and then we got the peach hand pie, which is, it's like the outside. It's gotta be like, I don't know how they make it with the sugar, but it's like very sweet on the it's outside. It's glaze, yeah. But on the inside, the peaches are not that sweet.
1: Do they have other flavors? Not right now. Do they have other desserts?
0: They do. Okay. They have a buttermilk pie, which we tried, mm. which is very good. Oh, wow. Um, and it's, it's just like the perfect, it's the perfect pie. Yeah. You brought them the home perfect pie. and they
1: were so good. Yeah. How many comes in an order?
0: I think one.
1: Oh, it's like the size of the one you brought yeah. home from the media event? Yeah. Oh, they're tiny. Yeah. You might need two per person.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're good. Warning. We might go there after this. Maybe. Who knows? Never know. All right.
1: Well, it's been fun. This has
0: been fun. Thank you. Special 100 episode. We're in triple digits now. Yeah. And uh, we got a long way to go to four digits. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll make it. We're
1: coming. We're catching up to you, Charlotte Podcast.
0: And hey, why don't you guys um, like us on Instagram if you haven't... I'm sorry, on iTunes. Give us a five-star rate on iTunes. Like us
1: and rate us on iTunes only if it's five-star. And then
0: if there's any... So if there's any person you want us to have on the pod from Charlotte that you think would be good, shoot us a DM. No, don't (laughs) do that. Uh, Tell us somebody else you want. If you're like, hey, I really want to talk to this chef from this restaurant. We probably can get them on now. So let us know about that. And uh, let us know if you want to know anything else about us personally because we'll always talk about ourselves.
1: Take care. (laughs) Be good to each other and your tunas.
0: Well, that was...
1: We got a squeaky mic, Garrett.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, Everyone have a great week.
1: Scallion Pancake.